when Yeshua, uh, Jesus, stepped on the earth, how did he communicate? How did he uh, reach not the religious types, but the ordinary people? He did it through story. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 43 of the Altered Stories show. And my first co-host guest episode this year. Guess who this is? Michelle Saunders Gutch, your God storytelling host. And I've said this a million times on my podcast, but... You all know I'm the founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. Guess what, friends? Today, I am super excited to share this special episode with you featuring my rock star co-host guest Teresa Blaze. Don't you love her name? Teresa Blaze. Teresa is a ministry friend of mine, a partner, a follower of Christ. She is our Altered Stories Ministry volunteer blogger, author, host of the Unresolved Life podcast show, Kadosh Media business owner, wife, mom, and Furline Cat Mama. Teresa and I are going to today, as the Holy Spirit leads us, talk about her energy blogs that she's written. And guess what else, friends? We are actually going to talk about the upcoming election because Teresa and I want to have honest, authentic conversation with you about our Christian perspective and what God has impressed on us to share about this very critical election. So Teresa, how are you doing, friend? I couldn't be doing any better, Michelle. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. Hey, you know me, Teresa, I love you and I love to introduce you. And you've been on the show as a guest. You've come back to talk with Tawana, you volunteer your time, you and I do business together. So there's so many things to share about you, but is there anything else you want to share that I haven't about you? Uh, I would also say that uh, in addition to blogging for you, I maintain a political blog as well. And believe me, that has kept me on my toes. (laughs) Yes, you and I have had some long conversations over that so that's that's really cool. So hopefully we'll have some conversations about it here soon after we have a little bit of discussion around some important points, I think, that our listeners need to hear. And, you know, you and I are very passionate about storytelling. We've exchanged guests. You've referred, I've referred. Tell me from your perspective. And so, you know, our listeners hear from you why storytelling is so important. 
when Yeshua, uh, Jesus, stepped on the earth, how did he communicate? How did he uh, reach not the religious types, but the ordinary people? He did it through story. It is absolutely one thing to read God's word and go, yeah, I really should be doing this, that, or the other. I kind of believe God is this, that, or the other. It's quite another when you see it lived out in someone else's story. And you might be able to go, oh, well, if they were able to make it through that, maybe I can make it through my stuff as well. Yes, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you often hear other Christians talk about God's stories or testimonies or the whole storytelling process in terms of gospel sharing. You hear them refer to a lot of stories as unfiltered gospel. And, you know, what I've seen is that the story builds trust and builds relatability, right? Especially with those who are having a difficult time, you know, relating to someone. And I, I find that to be so intriguing. And when you shared your God story, you know, I know there were lots of listeners that heard that story and were able to make a connection with you, right? I mean, that's what Jesus did. He was such a connector. And I mean, I found that even in my own journey. But your God's story, Teresa, I mean, let's bring the listeners kind of up to par there. Can you just at a very high level share the God story, your God story? Just, I know we don't have a lot of time, but, you know, since we know we can send listeners to episode nine, but. In relation to the story that I shared uh, on Altered Stories, basically, I had been following Christ. I had been, you know, I've been blind <clears throat> all my life. But in 2009, I lost my mom and my sight in the same week in November. Uh, I, at that point, I walked away from God completely because I felt like, you know, I had been fighting a battle all my life just to keep my sight. And now you've taken my mom and my sight. I don't want nothing to do with you. And, you know, when you walk away from God, you end up walking towards something else. And for me, that something else was an addiction to text-based gaming. And um, uh, a lot of things blew up around me. And the more they blew up, the deeper I dug into the addiction. And it took me five years five very long, very hard years to um, get my life back to where, okay, God, I do want to hear from you. And it was a very slow process because he didn't take the addiction out right away. Um, he just started dealing with me over the pain and over the anger that I held towards him. And, you know, he was just faithful. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's such a beautiful story. And I just wanted you to re re-share it um, for the listeners today because you truly got God is just you're for one thing, you're I'm just amazed 
that you do all that you do. And so I know God's anointing and his favors on you, but there was an enemy that was trying to hold you back and try to, to keep your eyes on the circumstances instead of carrying a spiritual perspective, right? And have the God, God eyes, which is what leads me into our discussion around the blog, because Tracy, you've been blogging for us since February and your topics, they're so, from my perspective, they bring the reader up to a higher level to where they, you might relate it to your story, but then you share the God perspective on it. And that's so important, in my opinion, for being able to grow in your faith, to become more mature, to overcome adversity and overcome circumstances in your life. And it defeats the enemy, in my opinion, too, because it takes you up to a level of where you're seeing the bigger picture. And, you know, you and I talked about that. So, you know, your topics have been around God's love. You always say Yeshua. Yeshua will talk a minute about why you do that. Jesus is the lion. You shared about the internal, eternal pandemic, the Passover, the hope of Jesus Christ, God's mercy, eternity, being the light in the darkness, the peace of shalom, what freedom is, int, freedom inside the fence, why Jesus returns matters, return matters, unity over division, peace in the seasons of change, responding with seasoning and truth, the Yom Kippur story, and how to respond to grief Jesus this way, and your latest blog, which by the time we release this will be out, is around bringing your hurts to God. And so all of what you've covered in these blogs have been, in my opinion, so spiritually grounded because of the way that you bring in scripture and your relatability. And, you know, you just take the reader to that level where you're challenging them too. Can you talk maybe about some of these blogs, like why do you like the first blog? What has been the most fun to write? And why, which has been the most painful? And, you know, just share some of that. Before I was a believer, my mom, I, I always had a love for writing and poetry and, I mean, all that kind of thing. In fact, my mom used to say I could be the next... Uh, Stephen King. Now, granted, I don't want to write in that vein, but, you know, that was always something just that was a part of me. It was kind of my way of what I like to call bleeding on the page. I don't know that any blog was harder to write than the other, but I think every single one that I have written, I have sought to ask God, God, what do you have for them today? Because I can't do this on my own. I won't do this on my own. I will not write this out of my flesh. The other thing about blogs is you could actually take each one of these and turn them into a podcast. There's so much there. You know, and I've thought about it. I mean, I've thought about taking some of the content and expanding on it into like a different book, um, which I do have a desire to get a book out there. 
um, another book. I've got more books in me, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, I really, I really just, man, you know, and I, I, I think there's a, there's a story, there's a quote that I heard. That I don't remember who said, I think it was Zig Ziglar. He said, every single person should write a book. I'm not saying everyone should publish it, but every person should write a book. And it is something to the effect of my life's story. And I actually agree with that. You know, Teresa, when I was attending Dallas Baptist University, when I was living in Texas, I had a professor and it was a worldview class and he had us all write our own stories. And he had us outline them. And I think, it, you know, it was really a great exercise. Even at that time when, you know, the whole storytelling, just the anointing uh, over that on my life wasn't really completely in motion, but it was a start, you know, it was a start and I wrote it down and there's something to writing. There's something about writing. You know, a lot of people don't know this about me and I'm sure there are things about your background. People don't know too, in terms of your writing and all of your skills in that area. But, you know, I started out to be a broadcast journalist and I wrote in high school. I wrote for um, the newsletter then I wrote in college. I've written uh, the word uh, for years. I did my own journaling. I did my own prayer journaling. And I did a ton of communications when I was working in corporate America. And, you know, little did I know that God was going to bring me to where I am today and preparing me for the calling I've had in Altered Stories Ministry and look where where I'm at now and writing my scripts, you're writing your scripts, we're writing, talking about, you know, (laughs) these blogs. And I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? You know, back when I was in high school, you know, you want to talk about, I took a creative writing class and I began to really, uh, during that time, my high school uh, experience was um, difficult to say the least. It really was. And so I really began to uh, the, the, my creative writing teacher every, every morning during class, he would give us 20 minutes of free writing time. And, you know, that was kind of part of the class. You had to have a free writing journal. And so I began to write and I began to experience the, cathartic nature of writing the need to release that pain on the page that that need to write and then i began to discover my love of poetry and that led to an experience that i had where i was uh, at school i was at study hall and i was kind of finishing on some things and i all of a sudden i get this tune in my head and i'm like what do i do with this i don't know what to do with this what do i do with this and all and you know, and I start singing it, and I'm like, mm-hmm, you know, and I sit down, and I had this song written in like two hours, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! What now? And 
I called my worship pastor at the time and I said, hey, can I come back? I got something to show you. And he said, yes. I showed him some of my stuff and I showed him the song I had just written. And all of a sudden I start singing it and he started putting chords to it. He's like, yeah, I, we can do something with this. And he starts putting chords to it and he goes, this is so good. We're singing it next Sunday in church. I had never had that happen to me. <laughs> but that's the power of writing. That's the power when you allow yourself and you allow the Holy Spirit to come on you and start writing through your fingertips. That's, you know, we talk about podcasting uh, a lot and I, and I am a big advocate of podcasting, as you know. But writing to me is just as important. Yes, it is. I think so too. Yeah, that's why I have this blog. You know, Teresa, when I started the blog, I mean, first it was impressed on Sandy to have me do the blogging and she thought it might be a good thing. And then I started blogging and then God impressed on me to bring guest bloggers in. And then, you know, I was finding that that wasn't consistent. And then I felt like Altered Stories Ministry needed, you know, a faithful blogger, someone who would grow with us and would continue to align with the storytelling mission that we have. So, I mean, it's all, it's just so cool how this has all come together and, you know, and, and of course the integration of, you know, the the Hebrew roots, which kind of wanted to lean in and talk a little bit about that. So, you know, in most, most of your blogs, you talk about Yeshua, Jesus, and you bring in the Hebrew roots of um, Christianity and, and which, you know, it was, it was words were prophesied over altered stories ministry about the need to bring in, you know, the awareness of Israel and our connection um, within the ministry. So, but can you share a, more, you know, about that and where your heart is there and why you're bringing in the peace of Shalom and why you talk about Yeshua Jesus and Yom Kippur and, you know, those topics? Let me first uh, qualify this by saying I am absolutely not an expert. There are men, learned men, that are certainly more uh, qualified to talk about the Hebraic roots of the faith. Okay, I am not an expert. I never claim to be, and I and I'm I'm learning almost daily, um, and growing in in that area. I honestly have to. Uh, it goes back to see. My journey on the Hebraic roots goes back to um, we had a couple of friends and they were Messianic Jewish believers, uh, which means they kept the feasts uh, outlined in scripture as best as possible. Uh, they did not eat anything unclean, including pork, shellfish, that kind of thing. And, you know, they celebrated the, the Hebraic holidays. And they invited us over to a Passover Seder. It was either a Passover Seder or it was a Sabbath meal. And there was something about them. I was a believer. Of course I was at the time. 
but there was something about them and i remember walking out of the home when it was all said and done and the thought crossed my mind they have a depth of faith i don't have why fast forward i've gone through my five-year wilderness adventure or misadventure (laughs) um and i met a lady who has actually been a guest on this show and who uh, has guest hosted my podcast multiple times, uh, Sonda Allison. And during my return and trying to wrestle with my faith, she began to actually answer. She didn't revolt at the questions that I had, like I had seen in most churchianity. She didn't. Uh, recoil from it she actually said okay let's talk about that and she had answers answers that no one else had provided and then we began to go and then she began to talk to me and and my husband about the Hebraic roots which has already been laid uh, seed planted earlier in my life and we began to go well why why is this the case why is that the case and it's been a journey um we started by celebrating the feast of trumpets and now mike and i have made the decision we are messianic believers i that doesn't mean i look down on other christians but this is where god has called us we do our best to walk on god's calendar because i truly believe that if we don't as christians especially now if we don't wake up get our heads out of the sand and get on god's calendar then we are going to be blindsided yeah, I do think that there's definitely a need for education and awareness and alignment and understanding of the integration of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture. And if you really think about those words, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh Testament is kind of a misnomer. The word testament, it's kind of like a, uh, in fact, it's, um, I, uh, it, it's a, it's a, uh, it, it's like a will and testament. It's a final thing. Once you do it, it's set in stone. Instead of Old Testament and te- New Testament, let's rethink that. Old Covenant and New Covenant. Or actually in the Hebraic, uh, Brett Hadashah, what it means is renewed covenant. It doesn't replace the old. It builds on it. And if it doesn't replace the, yeah, it, it it doesn't replace it. And if it doesn't replace it, then that means there must be something for us back in the old covenant scripture, back in the Torah, back in the um, uh, law and the, and, and the prophets, back in all that. There's so much goodness there. And if we could just take that and go, well, what does God have for me there? He didn't write it just for us to unhinge it and go, okay, we don't need this anymore. we got this new thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of friends of mine who have shared different uh, interpretations and understanding of the end times and the prophecy around that through the book of Revelation, where there's a lot of... Um, I would say uh, just referring back to uh, the Old Testament or 
the alignment of what's going on. Um, and the now. thing is, you can't understand. You can't. The thing is, you yeah, you cannot understand the book of Revelation unless you go back to the book of Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, um, all these different prophets. In fact, I think, uh, was it 300 or 600 times? Uh, Yochanan, which is John in, in, in uh, uh, Hebrew, um, he he actually quotes from the Old Testament in the book of Revelation. Why? Because in Hebraic thought, there's a difference between Greco-Roman, which is typical on average uh, Christianity. And there's a difference between that and Hebraic thought. Hebraic thought says that what happened before will happen again. Greco-Roman thought says it'll happen one one time. It was just written down. It predicts the future. It's all said and done. It'll happen just once. Um, but John was a Hebrew, and he understood what came before. He understood how things played out. And he said, well, the thing is, it's going to happen again. So good. This is such great conversation. So I'm glad we've been able to talk through your um, perspective on this. And, you know, also for those that are listening um, today, you really do need to get into the energy blog on our website, www.alteredstories.org and check out Teresa's blog because there's a lot in there. Um, that will, I think, help you see the bigger picture. Um, and of course, leading us all to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ or being ready, you know, for his return. Because as Christians, as believers, we need to be ready for Christ's return. And none of us know when that will be, but we certainly can get discernment. We certainly can see from what Jesus prophetically shared in the word of God about his return. You can see things in flight or in motion around us. And so I just, I think having had this conversation is so important. Teresa so, you know, there's so much that we could talk about, you know, and go on and on and on. And I just wish we had, you know, more time, but don't we all, <laughs> I know I do want to move forward in some discussion. If you're okay with this, my co-host, <laughs> if there's not anything else that you want to share that you feel is, you know, really critical about the blog. Um, and I know the, the latest one, you know, you do, you do re bring some relatability in. Yeah, I, I, I do, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've tasted hurt. Trust me, I've tasted pain. But uh, I guess the one thing I'll say to kind of finish this portion up is, you know, um, I said it in the blog and I'll say it here. Bring your hurt to God. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. I love that illustration, too. When I, when I read the big shoulders, I thought, oh, that's like my husband's. <laughs> He's got broad shoulders. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, there's something there when you, when you, God has got big shoulders, you know, I can envision him as a Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of crazy like that. Well, so Teresa, uh, this is kind of a, a, 
a topic, I think, because we're going to release this on election day. I think we need to talk about the election. Oh, man, there is so much there. <laughs> oh, man, do we? I, I know there is so much. I there. know we have. Uh, of course, we keep our eyes on Jesus. He is our king of kings. No matter what the outcome of the election, Jesus will be, you know, there always. And we are to put him on the throne and serve him. And through that, we then are obedient, right? We walk in obedience and we want to, we want to be the salt and light to those that need us. And we have a certain responsibility, I believe, as Christians to vote and also, yeah, and also to make sure that we're voting on principles. I mean, now that's my perspective. And I, you know, I just really believe that, you, you know, even though a person isn't perfect, you know, maybe in government or in leadership, or there is an anointing or a God calling, I think God allows people to come in to those positions of authority to work his purpose, right? And to fulfill. But this particular election has been extremely, it's just been very different because in my opinion, there has, there has been, I think, events that are anticipated through what Jesus has prophesied in his word that are coming, right? And, and so, I mean, whoever is brought in to the, 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 the next presidential appointment, uh, whether it's Don, President Trump or Joe Biden, no matter what, their God's will and purpose will be fulfilled. Well, on that, there's two lines of thought that I want to kind of lay out to kind of couch this. And I'm actually going to be uh, writing about this uh, in my upcoming pol political blog because I've been really thinking about we're getting down to, if you want to couch it in football terms, because you and I are both a fan of football. Uh, we're on the we are. <laughs> I love it. You know, love you, it. Know, <laughs> you know, we're like, we're like, it's the fourth quarter and we're on the goal line and we got a really ugly defense that is trying to keep us out of that goal line. And, you know, and so the question is the ball's in your hand. What are you going to do? You know? So that's the first thing. Second, I have said it before and I will repeat it again and again. Everything political has a spiritual root. And what I mean by that is everything that we are seeing played out from um, the violence in the streets, the Black Lives Matter stuff, the, 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 the absolute dichotomy of one viewpoint versus another, freedom versus socialism and other topics in that area, uh, pro-life versus pro-choice uh, or pro-death or pro-abortion or however you want to you wanna couch that. Okay, every single bit of that begins at a spiritual root. Why? Because if you are a moral society and you are a Bible-believing society, then you are going to couch your beliefs 
on a certain set of principles. And you have to sit there and ask yourself, okay, who best aligns with the principles that are found in God's word? Uh, the second thing is, and I, 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 you know, as you were talking, the Lord brought this scripture to mind. You know, when a good king is in power, the people rejoice. When an evil king is in power, the people will mourn. I personally believe, and this is not, um, I can't, I can't prove it. But I believe if the election goes a certain way, then we are going to be entering into judgment. I can't prove that. But, and I guess we have to uh, stand up and go, okay, what are we going to do? The, fi the final thing I'd say, um, back in 2016, did you know that 40% of the people that label themselves as Christians didn't vote? I'm sorry, if you label yourself a follower of christ in any way shape or form you have a god-given obligation to be a citizen of the kingdom what did jeremiah say when the jews were sent into babylon he said sit down you're going to be here for a while sit down uh uh pray for the peace of your land uh and, and pr for the well-being of your land uh, uh raise families there plant vineyards because you're going to be here a while well guess what we are citizens of this country and we have an obligation. We have an obligation. We are both citizens of the kingdom and citizens of this country. We have an obligation to participate in the process that has been outlined uh, for us by our constitution. And it says that we are to vote. If you call yourself a Christian and you say, well, I don't want to vote because I don't like either party. Well, then a non-vote is a vote in itself. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there that are struggling because they don't like uh, neither candidate. I guess what spars me is I've I look at the bigger picture, but I also know there are people who've given their life for me to be able to vote. There are people who've struggled to give women the right to vote. There are people who died for freedoms. And I just feel like those people that have come before me, I need to respect and regard and you know, there's never going to be a perfect person. There's never going to be a perfect person. We're not electing a pastor in chief. <laughs> Sorry. No, I know. And that's the thing. We, we really aren't. There's been so much controversy out there, you know, based on John Piper's perspective versus Franklin Graham's perspective. I mean, we're talking about leaders in the Christian faith that are very public, right? But I do know, friends, that Teresa and I, I think we've had some offline discussions, but I felt it was necessary for us to bring this conversation to you today, because when this podcast is released, will release, it will be on election day. And I'm just praying that if you have not gone out to vote, that this will spar you on to to do what is necessary. For the and future. I would say not just not just vote, but also bring others with you. If you know two or three others that haven't voted, talk to them. Hey, I'm not asking you to vote for a certain candidate, but would you at least go out and cast your ballot? Would you at least go out and express the God-given freedom that you have in this country? Like, guess what? Not everybody has. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I don't know what they do in Israel. 
Teresa. What do they do in Israel when they vote? I, you know what? I don't know. I don't understand that political uh, election process. I, I really would be interested to look. I know um, that that people do have a voting ability, and then I think they have to have like a. Um, an agreement between the different parties or something like that. I don't know enough to really answer that. And um, I might actually do some research on that and find out because it, I find it very curious. Well, I know they're watching our election closely. Mm -hmm. I just thought of something, you know, even, even in the scriptures, remember when, Mo when uh, Moses is sitting there and he's like trying to judge all these people and uh, his father-in-law comes up going, Hey, dude, this ain't good. This ain't really good. You need to select uh, 50 or so men out of your, have the people select 50 or so men that are, are godly, that are this, that, and the other, and they had certain requirements. What was that? It was a vote. It was a vote. He, he was saying you need to have people actually vote for the people that are walking in God's path, that are doing these certain things so that they can actually administer government over 50s, over 10s, over whatever, you know? So the idea of going out and voting is a godly principle, and it's, it's, it's a matter of principles. Do we believe in capitalism? Do we believe in free market principles? Do we believe in religious liberty? Do we believe that human life begins and has value in the womb? Do we believe in... Uh, uh, someone's right to say, you know what, I I want to walk out my beliefs in the public square. Or do we believe in the alternative? Do we want socialism uh, leading to the road to communism? Do we want um, abortion on demand, even abortion outside the womb? Do we want just the opposite of everything I've mentioned? That's what's really on the ballot, not the candidates. That's what really on the ballot is our principles yes and i i think this is a good segue now into um closing uh friends but for those of you that are tuning in today we just really thank you for listening and appreciate any feedback that you may have on what Teresa and i have shared in our conversation today and um and again i encourage you to check out her energy blogs on our website and listen to her full God story, which is on episode nine of my podcast. And there's another episode out there where she talks to Tuana. Uh, so she gives her perspective um, on, you know, the mental health issues and uh, of having had a mother who had an opioid addiction. And I mean, there's, there's just a lot out there to really get to know a, a lot more about. Teresa, um, and also Teresa's podcast, uh, The Unresolved Life. And, you know, her and her husband, Michael, who Michael is recording this podcast and has and helped me grow and launch the podcast. They have a company called Kadosh Media, and uh, they are growing like crazy. They have a lot of, of other podcasters that are uh, really leveraging their services in the podcast coaching area, podcast recording edits and all those things, friends. So, you know, do support them. Uh, they are doing the right things and 
They're dear, dear friends. And Teresa, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Because I really have loved you being on the show and as co-hosting to get, you know, together talking and all those things. We need to be people of prayer. No matter what happens, we need to be people of prayer. Let's continue to seek the throne of God. And um, if you guys want to find out more about me, like Michelle said, you can check out the Unresolved Life podcast. You can also find me at TeresaBlaze.com. That's where I uh, talk about a lot of things in the f- and building a ministry, that kind of thing. You know, So thank you, Michelle, for your time. Um, thank you for allowing me to come on the show and share with your audience. I've really enjoyed this time. Um, and one last thing, if you guys want to follow my political blog, you can find that at www.unresolved.news. So, friends, now it's time to listen to my next bonus episode of Meemaw Moments, hosted by Sandy Williams. And this episode is called Pure Love. Hi, y'all. I'm Sandy Williams, board vice president for Altered Stories Ministry, and this is Meemaw's Moments. I will be sharing stories about being a Meemaw, which is the name my grandkids gave me, the sweetest of all my names. I keep my grandkids almost every day, and I hope to share some fun stories that I've experienced as well as lessons I've tried to teach, all scattered with biblical principles. I'll share lessons learned that I try to translate from my Texas-based childhood and Southern ancestors to my grandchildren's lives today. Sometimes the lesson gets lost in translation, and sometimes it works. When my grandchildren came, I purpose to be the same good example to them as my grandparents were for me, to be there for them, to love them like I was loved, and teach them about Jesus, family, and our strong country values. And maybe teach them some good old country music. I believe we're responsible for generations after us. I want my grandkids to know my parents and grandparents and those strong country values through me. Today's segment is called Pure Love. If your grandmother was like mine, she had her special little sayings that either triggered pure love or maybe not so much love. If my grandmother said, if you keep that up, we're going to town, it was not a good thing. Now, I always knew when she said that to stop my behavior immediately. If the behavior didn't stop, I also knew the consequences. There were only a couple of times that my grandmother made me go get my own switch a switch she promptly used on my backside. Because she said what she meant, and she meant what she said, it only took a couple of consequences for me to understand her perfectly. And this is where some things might get lost in translation today. When God delivered my grandson Ethan into our family, I was a working grandmother, and his mother, my beautiful blue-eyed daughter, asked me to take him to daycare one day. I did, and I cried all the way to work. I decided shortly thereafter to retire from being an IT project manager. It was time to be a full-time Meemaw. As Ethan grew, his vocabulary was extraordinary. We had full conversations by the time he was two. One day after playing outside in the dirt, I brought him in for a shower and he played for a long time. And finally I said, it was time to get out. Uh, But he didn't think so. After another couple of minutes, I said, If you don't get out of that shower, me and you're going to town. 
and he looked up at me with his mother's big blue eyes, just full of love and trust, and he said, what are we gonna do in town, Mimo? Stop me dead in my tracks. All kinds of memories ran through my mind right there as my beautiful grandson waited with water dripping down his face. I just grinned and said, we're gonna have a great time in town. The word of our Lord says in James 1:17, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. For Ethan and all my grandchildren, to all of the children on the planet, you are a good and perfect gift. My grandchildren, you've changed this Mima's heart. Until next time, Mima says, wherever you go, go with all your heart. Until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 